Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast today is someone I can now proudly call a returning champion here on our show, someone whose team reached their first Sweet 16 as a program since 2010 with their victories this past weekend over SEMO. And of course, Wake Forest, welcome back onto our show, head coach of the Tennessee women's tennis team, Allison Ojeda. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Excited we're still in the tournament and uh, looking forward to playing A&M tomorrow. 
Yeah, it's been an exciting year, no doubt, for the Vols. And, you know, I want to dive into the details of your roster, but more broadly first, to be able to host those first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, I know how big of a goal that was for you and your team. What did it mean to see that come to fruition? Yeah, I mean, look, we're living what it means. Um, <laughs> it means a ton. I mean, you get out onto the the courts. I don't care where you are. When you go to play an NCAA tournament, there is a bit of a different feel to it for athletes who are experiencing it for the first time or for the fourth. And so so if you can at least have the familiarity of your own locker room, your practice courts where you, you come to ready to go every single day, then, then it allows you, in my opinion, a chance to get into the match a bit differently than you would at a, a wayside. So um, that plus you're playing in front of our home crowd, you're sleeping in your own bed, you know, the restaurants that you're eating, you know, the exact routine and, and there's a lot to be said for routine. So, mm-hmm. so it means a ton and we're glad that, that we advanced and now we're here for the sweet 16. what do you think of your team's opening round performance on court? I, I thought we were really good. Um, Southeastern Missouri state was fantastic. They, they, I uh, knew that they were going to be good. And I mean, they've lost two matches since January. Um, so regardless of who they've played, winning obviously breeds confidence, and and those girls came swinging. So, so I thought they did a good job. They prepared us better than um, than I thought that they might actually going into to the next match against the winner of what was Wake Forest Arizona State ended up being Wake Forest. Mm-hmm. I know um, that you know that Wake Forest Arizona State match went four three, and so you you know the team is going to feel that the next day on the legs in Wake Forest. Is that a message you tell to your team? You guys come out strong in doubles. You take the doubles point, then four first sets in singles. It, it Was it one of those things like, hey, if we can get them down, we feel like we can pull away with this? Yeah, um, definitely. But with that said, doubles isn't something that we have walked down the court and won every time. And so the last thing I want to do is make our team think if we don't win that doubles point, then we don't have a chance. And so our goal really all season is, is Lex win six singles matches. And, and with that said, if we can win that doubles point, then we're in a really good place. So uh, this time last year, I felt like our fitness wasn't really what it needed to be if we were going to make a run in this event. So, so we've really focused on our fitness. We have a strength coach who did a fantastic job with the team. Training room did an unbelievable job with the team. So I do think that Wake Forest was a bit tired going into Saturday's match against us. And, and our legs felt ready to go. So winning the doubles point for us was less about what Wake Forest did the day before and more about for us. Like, all right, now we got that extra point. Let's let's get after it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious. You brought up the doubles there as we get into your roster. You know how important that doubles point is down the home stretch of this season. You've played 10 different combinations this year, which really isn't that many, given how many you know capable players you have on your roster. How do you feel about your pairings that point at this point of the season? We feel really good. We, um, I think part of part of mixing those things up is trying to find that balance of mm-hmm. where are we, who co- like. Um, you can have a really good player, but if they don't connect on court with that partner, then then you might actually need to make a switch. And so, so there's been a couple different reasons that we've made some switches. We've actually switched to sides that a couple of players are playing on, even though they're with the same teammate um, or partner. But with that said, we feel really good going into dubs. We've won the last two points, and then at um, at the SEC tournament, we we did well leading up to the SEC. So so we feel more confident in our doubles skills right now than we have all year. Mm-hmm. No, I, and again, it's clear the team all season long has been able to find so many different ways to four points. Yeah. As the coach, I know that's a blessing. 
I'm sure it's a little bit of a burden as well, right? What's it been like the roller coaster that is every match? And what has been, again, you look at the overall record, what, 21 and five, a really good season. It's been a really good season. Our, our five losses are to top 10 teams. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we've, we have felt like truly in four of those five, we really had opportunity to win the match. So, so we feel good about our season as a whole, um, kind of talking about what you just said, this is one of those teams where we, Jared and I, as coaches, have been unbelievably lucky to have a team who truly supports one another. And I say that because we have changed our lineup quite a bit. And so because we have, we've got eight players on the roster who really can win. And and because of that, it allows flexibility for us. So, you know, we we watch film, we scout, we do our best job to be as, as prepared as possible. And with that said, if we know that we can make a move in our lineup here or there that gives us the edge and is within the rules, then we're going to do it. And the team supports it right now. So so the team walks out on the court every day expecting that there is going to be some type of movement. And it actually gives them confidence because they feel like, oh, perfect. They think I can win this match. Then let's go. And it's it's been really nice. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure like March 5th, you guys just rolled the dartboard and you were like, Whoo-choo! all right, you're playing three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just five. Like This is what we decided today and it worked and we're going to keep going with this. But, you know, again, yeah. through all of that success, there have been some constants. And I was joking about this with another coach just to, to set the framework. You know, I like to joke <laughs> – I've now known my dad for 27 years, shocker, but, you know, he's been that my dad for all 27. And, you know, my new joke with him is I go, you know, are we friends now? I'm like, when did we become, because I'm pretty sure we're, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm your best friend. And of course he goes, I changed your diapers. You're my son. Let's start there. Um, But I'm curious if that relationship, is is it all similar to what your relationship's been like with someone like Daria this year, who obviously it's her fifth year with the program. She's 15 and two overall. I brought the analogy home there I promise but um you know again like I'm sure to some point she's like coach I know what you're gonna say and I'm just curious what that experience has been like this year especially seeing her have so much success yeah you talked about changing diapers I've got a a one-year-old at home and now my mind is thinking (laughs) Um, has been it has been one of the um it's been a privilege I, I think that's probably the best way to put it um, she is one of the most professional student athletes I've ever been able to coach. And so literally out of the 24 hours a day, every single choice she makes is somehow helping her to be a, a better human being, a better student, a better athlete. Um, she just is constantly, she's just, she's on top of everything. Um, I think what has changed maybe a little bit this year for the better. And I didn't even know this was something that could happen based on last year's experience with her is, is she's, she's found a way to allow her teammates to be a bit more a part of who she is. And so instead of just going about her business, she's, she's brought some of them in and, and that's been really key in our program. We've got some, some new players, Lauren Anzalotta, you've got Layla, you've got Kat and those three, she's kind of taken under her, her wing and, and invited them into what it is that she does. And so they've learned a lot from her, which has been been key. Lauren's another person we could talk about in a little while. But but going back to Daria, I think Jared and I have a really special relationship with her. But um, it, it is not us being mom and dad. And it's, <laughs> it is it is supporting and saying, how can we help you today? Here's here's an area where I feel like we can work on tomorrow. But let's but you're in a good place. And um, she just. I mean, she's kind of her own her own coach amongst the team. So it's really nice. Yeah, you mentioned Catherine and Lauren too. I or 
Lauren was this year, right, as a newcomer, the transferring over. You always lose track of these yeah. things, especially in the COVID era. But is it different at all integrated? You know, again, because at least I know Lauren was at Tyler, but she still had played college tennis before. Obviously, for Catherine, it's a little bit different. What's it like integrating those two pieces and how have they performed this year? They've been fantastic in terms of the integration. Uh, one thing last year that I felt like was missing we talked about a little bit was our strength and conditioning but the other bit is is there was a little bit of personality that was missing we had unbelievable girls but but there was a little bit of of a feistiness and an edge that didn't quite exist they were just super nice girls and um and Lauren and Kat when we were recruiting we we were certainly recruiting personality and so when we brought those two in we knew they were going to help a ton I I didn't realize they were going to help as much as they have. Lauren is one of the funniest people we have ever been around. She's hilarious. And so she she's just that kid that um, that lightens up the mood. She's able to she's someone who's able to maintain focus and intensity while also providing a sense of humor to things. And I mean, you know, this world like we just in general, you need a sense of humor. But especially when you're competing against the opponents we're competing against all the time. And so. So she's provided um, an outlet for the rest of our team. And it's just, it's fun. People look forward to coming to practice. So that's been great. Kat is one of the nicest, most competitive players as well. And so I think that's great. It's nice to see that you can be really nice and friendly and warm hearted while also still wanting to beat the daylights out of your opponent. And so <laughs> that's her. She's been managing. Um, she's got a, a bit of a knee injury that she's managing a little bit this season. So hopefully we'll get get that cleared up so that she can compete all out next year. But I mean, but even with that said, she doesn't want to come off the court. So, um, so they've been great. I, I don't have Lauren's record in front of me. You probably know it better than I do, but I think she went nine and one or nine and two in SEC play this year. Um, I think the biggest challenge for her coming in was she didn't lose a match at Tyler junior college and, and she lost a lot more matches this fall than she wanted to. And so I think there was a tiny bit of, of, I hate to use the word doubt, but almost a question mark in her head of, am, can I get back to this level? And to her credit, she is, she's been coachable. She has trained, she's put in the work and I mean, man, she, she just, she knows how to win matches. She's good. Yeah. No, and it, for what it's worth, eight and two in SEC play, it's been a fantastic year for her. Uh, it's interesting. I guess it's a little bit of a tangent, but you talk about that personality and you know, so many coaches talk about that it factor and getting the team to love one another. Does that have to be player driven, like in your experience? Because every coach will try to generate that, but it sounds like it really does have to come from the player side. I, I think so. I think um, I think a lot of it is coach driven. And sure. I'll give an example of that. If, if we have had some very loving teams, yeah. right? But that it factor that you're talking about, that to me is the, the player driven part. Um, there's been... Yeah, there there have been some really like really good hearts in our locker room, but but if if there isn't what I'll call a coach in that locker room, then um, who's not an actual coach, right? A coach <laughs> from one of the players on the team, you get an opportunity to have, have one of those Cinderella season type stories. And so it, um, yeah, Lauren with her personality, Doria with the professionalism, Cat with the support, Ezzy is just like another. I mean, man, she has been electric. Like, so it's just brought out everybody. Elsa is also really funny. Rebecca's having the time of her life right now. So you can go on and on. And it's just, um, I agree that it factor. It certainly comes from the locker room. Mm -hmm. 
What is I always I'm trying to ask this to every coach because I always like to hear what's the one off court competition that gets your team going this season? Like what what is the go to? We're off the court. We're hanging. This is what we're doing. A couple of girls have been playing cards on some. We have traveled a lot, so they've been playing some card games. But um, somehow, if there's a way to involve the girls giving Chaps a hard time, they'll gang up on him in a fun <laughs> way. It's funny because Chaps is hilarious as well. So so we've got a team that's kind of eager to to gang up on him and give it give it to him he'll send it back and i would say that would be the go-to game is he winning most of those card games he i know he's competitive i mean he's yeah he's he's gonna win a lot yeah he's bringing in a new game he's like i'm gonna teach it all to you and he's just gonna quietly just be dusting all of them the entire time players have had their own card games and the coaching (laughs) had our own so um, that's good that's what i like to hear good so he's just taking your money not theirs that's exactly yeah, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. Well, through all of that, again, all the pieces, I know we didn't mention some players, but obviously Elsa's been great and Rebecca and Esther, and you can go across the board. That said, and I know the record's really good, and just to remind everyone at home, you guys are 21-5 and five overall, and again, first Sweet 16 since 2020, uh, 2010, Mazel Tov to you all. I'm still not sure you guys have played your best match. Like that match where one through six, one through three doubles, everyone plays well at the same time. And you sort of talked about it earlier. It's been a luxury that you can win through that. But is that a fair assessment from afar? It's very fair. It's impressive, actually, that you know that. And um, it doesn't surprise me, but it's still impressive. Definitely. And and I think that's, that is something that our entire team knows. Um and it's certainly something we're going to strive for for tomorrow when we go out and play Texas A&M because A&M's good, but we we know them. And and our team is really walking on the court with an expectation of being able to to go perform at a level of such that we can win this match tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Well, that's exactly it because you talk about that Sweet 16 and I I'm, I'm want to hear your thoughts, what it's going to take. I was on the call for that first match. and I know it was a 6-1 scoreboard, but I watched it, like three third set matches to decide things. You guys were absolutely in that match, and that gets back to my theory of, you know, again, it was the issue was half the lineup played well for 10 minutes, then there was a five-minute, then six minutes here, whatever it may be. What's it going to take to get that unified effort and, you know, knock off an Aggies team? I think I, I talked to Mark Weaver earlier today, so I know the number off the top of my head, 62-4 and four over the last two years. That's really freaking good. What's it going to take? It's going to take us being number five. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I'll tell you what it's going to take. We went into the locker room after we lost to them a, a month and a half ago. And and I talked to the team and just said, look, I think every player walked onto the court knowing that they could win the match. But I don't think every player walked on the court expecting themselves to win this tennis match. And they did. Right. Texas A&M walks onto the court as many times as you just said at home, expecting to win the match. And and so from our standpoint, at that point in the season, that was a bit of a turning point for us where we we identified the fact that moving forward, it's, it's not about being cocky or overly confident, but there is an expectation that comes with with performing consistently every day at practice like we're doing. And so that should translate into an expectation to perform at a high level and do what it takes to win the tennis match, regardless of who's on the other side of the net. And so... So from our standpoint, moving forward at that point in the season, it was I will walk onto this court expecting to win my match, period. And and tomorrow, that's exactly what we have to do. Well, it's so interesting to hear you say that because from afar again, and 
this is I watch a lot of college tennis. So I I think I said this on another show. If you're to make a list of like what's the one thing I do better in the world than anyone else? I think for me it's watch college tennis. Like I just I'm, I'm better at it than anyone else. Um I felt that after the Georgia match in the SEC final. And not to open up an old wound, but it just felt like your team after that loss like they were pissed. Like they were like, we should have won that match in a way they kind of, I don't want to say rolled over because that's mean, but they were more accepting of the A&M loss. Is that a fair assessment? That's more than fair. That's spot yeah. on. It gives me bumps just to hear you say it like that because, <laughs> because that's exactly right. We were pissed that we lost that match and nothing against Georgia, right? They, they're a very good team. They did a fantastic job, but, but you should be pissed if you put in the amount of work and effort that we do. It's, being pissed is okay. That's part of what losing feels like. And it's, in my opinion, what's what I actually will elevate you to that next level. I don't think it's okay to harbor those feelings. I don't think it's okay to, to dwell on it. No, like that's different. And that's certainly not the kind of coaching uh, philosophy that Chaps and I have. But with that said, yeah, be pissed off. You worked your tail off. You expect to win. You didn't do it. And and now, thankfully, we're going to have another opportunity. And then we go in and now, you know, leading back to hosting those first two rounds, it's huge. It's instrumental in terms of us being able to now have another opportunity against a very good Texas A&M team. Mm-hmm. And you get to play that match uh, at, in College Station, you know, super regional versus the host side. I know we've talked about things similar in the past, but where are you with this format? Um, in terms of whether or not I like this format? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I we'll see. This is, like <laughs> you said, it's our first time in 2010. And so... Um, I, I personally, I'm good with any format that allows us an opportunity to keep advancing. And mm-hmm. so whether that's us playing at A&M or at Orlando or Athens, you know, like, let's just focus on tournament and go play some tennis. I will say that there is a, there is a big advantage to being able to host this particular round. And the reason why is you just finished and within 24, 48 hours, you're figuring out how to get to the next location. And College Station is not the easiest place to get to. So, you know, and so we're and thank God my team is is wonderful. But we ended up our flights got canceled. We um, had it was late. We're meant to leave Wednesday morning at 4 a.m. And Tuesday night at 10 p.m. We're getting emails from the airline telling us, hey, your group's been split up. You got some of you guys leaving on Wednesday, some leaving Thursday and some leaving Friday. We're like, well, obviously that can't happen. And so long story short, we end up in Dallas and get a bus here. And so there's. There are some logistical bits to it that I do think make for an advantage if you're not in a major city. But um, but our, our team is ready to go. Mm-hmm. No, it's going to be a fun match. I'm very excited yep. we have it on our broadcast. My Same last here. few questions uh, for you. What's been yep. the biggest surprise to you through this 2023 season? That's a really good question. I think um, probably Lauren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I knew that she was going to be a great person to have on our team but I think what's been the biggest surprise is the impact she has made all across the board with with every player um Elza is already a darn good tennis player she's having fun she's enjoying competing Rebecca already a very good tennis player she's won well like 107 matches or something um but she's enjoying every bit of what she's doing um day of competition you know Daria she's brought out a bit more in Daria L you go through the line and I would say in a, in a wonderful way, Lauren's been that surprise. I think she's that she, along with a few others, she's really been able to ignite this group. 
as the son of an OB Jin, what's been the biggest surprise of coaching as a new mother? Because as you mentioned earlier, you have a young child at home. What's been, what's that balance been like? That's a good question. And that's one that, um, thank God for my wife and for my parents who are retired because they have been able to fly in and change a ton of diapers and feed a lot. Yeah. It's been amazing. But I, I think honestly, the biggest, the biggest change I would say is the fact that the team and Jared have just completely put their arms around our daughter's name is summit, put their arms around summit and just, just loved on her. And, um, and I'm I'm a big believer in love and warmth. And um, and so when you have that, there's like a vulnerability, right? When you're around a, a newborn or just kids in general. And so when you bring them into your your world and they're at the tennis courts and they're at practice or they're around on um, just, you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday where you're really working hard, they, the girls can let down and they can hold on to summit. They can play with her and they can relax. And next thing you know, you're just hitting tennis balls mm-hmm. instead of super worried about whatever. So, so I actually think having... I'm not sure I can have a baby every year, but, but <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been an unbelievable blessing for our team and our program. And certainly in terms of the balance, I'm thankful to have the administration that I do. I've got a pack and play in my office and I've got college students who are babysitting in and out of the facility. Woody on the men's side and James, they've been great about her being around. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's certainly, it's a balance. I mean, I'm, you know, away from her for a few nights and hopefully again, the next week and a half or two and then i'll fly my dad out to orlando to help out but um yeah it's i appreciate you asking about it it's certainly been a fun a fun change yeah and the best part i I had a younger brother which is my equivalent for this like ages six to twelve you have a mascot for the team like a functional serviceable understands what they're doing mascot and that's like the prime um and so it's only gonna go uphill from here no I'm, I'm really happy to hear that well then my last two questions for you i know you're a fan of college tennis outside of just your own program is there a team coach player not at tennessee and what's been a really fun 2023 year that has particularly impressed you I mean, what Melissa Schaub, she's one of my best friends. What she does at Ohio State year in and year out is is always impressive. Um, I think she's somebody who really, she and Adam, they get the most out of their their student athletes, and they do it in a way where their athletes love playing for her. So, so that's impressive. What Brian is doing at UNC and continues to do is incredibly impressive. He's got, I mean, he's got a stellar lineup, and then, and then Simon and his team go in and upset him, you know, like, so, or I'm going to stay upset. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> yeah. word. But so I think um, there's, I actually am a big fan of a lot of coaches and what they're doing. Um, but I would say those guys for sure are very impressive. Let the record show when they're number one and undefeated and lose, it's an upset. That's not, yeah. that's not an unfair categorization. That's, that's just, yeah, that's just the right word choice. Well, in that spirit, again, 16 teams remaining. Sweet 16 this weekend. Is there a clear-cut favorite right now for the women's title? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. I don't. I, I'm going to put us in a category as having an opportunity to upset the number two team in the country. Um, and if we look down all across the uh, um, the matchups, I think there's some opportunities for some upsets on paper. So, no, I don't think there is a clear favorite. 
I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really fun final month of this 2023 season, and obviously it's made more enjoyable with the presence of your team, and uh, it's been such a joy for me. Obviously, I appreciate all of your support. Our listeners won't know this, but I promise you without Coach Ojeda, we would not be doing our Crack Rackets broadcast that we got to do all SEC season long, so we are immensely so, uh, grateful. For, oh, thank you. But, yeah, no. Positive, you would have found a way, but man, once we once we talked, I couldn't wait to make sure that we somehow got you into the SEC. So we we had a blast. I'd go back and actually rewatch your yeah. your shows just because I think you do a fantastic job. So thank you so much for loving college tennis the way you do. Yeah, again, I blame you guys for making it so fun to enjoy. And so uh, again, Coach, always a pleasure to get the chance to chat with you. Good luck to you and your team this weekend, and of course, go Vols. Go Vols. Thank you. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy, college tennis fans. We have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season. Of course, a shout out here at Crack Rackets to the man who makes all of that possible. Our super producer, Daniel Westoff, who has a f- of an editing job to do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our dear friends at Turna for their support. Turna Tough, best grip in the business. You can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today. With all of that said, for our fantastic guest, our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turna, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>